Good morning. It's Friday, June 21st, and I have back by popular demand uh, a good friend, uh, Jan Yeager, who has written a number of books. And the last time we spoke, we were talking actually about productivity with her book, Work Less and Do More. And uh, she is a very, very versatile author. She's a PhD and uh, has done some really fascinating work in the area of friendship, which uh, we thought was a really great place to take our show today. Good morning. How are you doing, Jan? Good morning. Oh, great, great. With an introduction like that, how could I not be doing great? <laughs> Jan, where do you live? Uh, well, actually, I'm in Connecticut, but temporarily, uh, for now, I'm in uh, Nashville. My husband's uh, uh, job took us here. Oh, okay, great. Great. Well, you know, as I mentioned, we we had talked last time, and and I had vowed uh, to make it all the way through your book. I think I'm probably halfway because it, it's a bit of a workbook to help you figure out how to work less, and uh, and to still do more with the time that you have. And and that was just such an amazing uh, work that you had done there. Um, and you have written, you had actually written the first version, the the actual physical book, Friendships, all the way back in 1999. And you've already, uh, or also written about how friendship can hurt and and what happens when um, when friendship does hurt and how how do you deal with betrayal, abandonment, and and wounding. But you know, the interesting thing is that friendship has really changed since you first came out with your book in 1999. So I'm really glad to see that you're recognizing the impact of things like social media and, you know, and the bullying that can even happen with adults. I mean, I was just having a, a banter with a former uh, partner this morning who, you know, it, it really was bullying uh, via email. <laughs> and wow. And... Um, so I really am interested in in how you have modified your original book and and first of all what what prompted you to write friendships uh you know over a decade ago and oh, sure. and what prompted you to to resurrect it and give it a fresh face Oh sure well um what I did is and I will I will be revising the print version as well but for now uh with the opportunity to do an ebook version, I wrote a completely new introduction as well as an updated bibliography and resource section. And I'm very excited that an audiobook version based on that expanded, updated uh, ebook version is about to be launched by com, oh, which is part of Amazon. So, so that's exciting. Um, but the re- one of the reasons I did the additional material to Friendships, which is a classic book, and until the print version is revised, I'm more than happy to send the new introduction to anyone who prefers print over audio or ebook if they just email me at jyeager at aol.com. But the reason was my sons were after me for the longest time, and I am actually working on a a whole new book about the impact of social media on friendship. But since books from scratch can take years and years to happen, (laughs) 
I figured I'd at least get some of my uh, key ideas about the trends that have happened, uh, occurred since 1999. The book actually originally came out in 97, and then I did a second edition in 99. And the six trends that I have seen are social media, as you said, friendship skills being a way to help prevent bullying, uh, the third trend is an increased acceptance of toxic friends as as something that happens and getting rid of them is, you know, in terms of uh, minimizing them in your life and focusing more on positive friends is something that's okay. Uh, the fourth trend is the increased awareness of the health benefits of friendship. The fifth, and this would be something that executive women especially or any woman in the workplace would especially or even men in the workplace would like to know about, a blurring of the lines of work and friendship, uh, much more so than when I started my research years ago. Uh, more men and women are, because of time issues, uh, much more willing to try to have friendships at work, not just more superficial relationships. And then the final Well, and, and that one, if I can just interject here, you know, this banter oh, sure. I was going back and forth with with this former uh, partner this morning, um, we were talking about another, well, it's a man who was having this banter with me, but we were talking about a woman who uh, he says, well, you know, she's your friend, but she's my client. Well, I had actually uh, brought the relationship to him, and she became my friend because she was my client for many, oh, many years. And and so that blurring, and, and I think particularly with the women in the Executive Girlfriends group, this one's a big one because we are all together, not because we started as friends and, and pulled together because we also happen to be executives. We all knew each other, those of us who were part of the founding group, group um, back in 2008, uh, we were all business friends. And so executive girlfriends became a term that described that blending that you're talking about. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Well, let me just quickly throw out the sixth trend, and then we'll talk about executives and, and workplace and work friends. The sixth trend is how aging is impacting on friendship. We don't have time in our interview to go into all of these. In the new introduction, I do discuss all six trends. But let's right. number five. It's interesting because over the years, I was in one mastermind group and two writer groups. And if any of the people that I was in these groups with are listening, I'm saying this with love. Um, one of the reasons I dropped out of all three groups is that even though I really enjoyed everyone in the groups and they are writers or uh, executives that I still respect and admire, um, but none of the relationships really became what I consider a close and binding friendship. Right. And, at, and that's what I've observed in the years I've been researching friendship. And that's why my book is and was called Friendships. Uh, the Power of Friendship and How It Shapes Our Lives, and it's a word I coined because if you don't, if a casual friendship through work doesn't evolve into that closer tie, especially if you're meeting outside of work or one of you leaves the company so it would be more comfortable to even become close friends, 
just like in a romantic relationship, there's a point at which if you're dating, if it doesn't go the next step, in that case it will dissolve completely usually because we're a monogamous society. Right. With friendship, it's a little bit more blurred because we can have many, many friends. But what I have observed and what I have found out is that although we can technically have many, many friends, emotionally there's only so many connections we can truly cultivate. So if this if this relationship is taking a lot of time, if you're meeting regularly and if you're attempting to invest in each other's careers and you don't have that emotional feedback, you are either going to numb out or decide you better move on and and keep seeking that or just, you know, go one-on-one. Because there are people who can have group relationships that can stay superficial and that's comfortable for them. And that's another fascinating part of my research into friendship. Very early on when I was doing my sociology dissertation on friendship, I interviewed a woman who said to me bluntly, and it was a great insight that I've carried with me throughout my research, she said, you know, you you categorize friendship into casual, close, and best. She said, and I'm paraphrasing, but the gist of it was, I don't open up to people. So if I say someone's a close friend, they would probably be more like a casual friend if someone is very open and giving. And and that's important to realize. Uh, What is someone's personality? What are their capabilities? We use the term self-disclosure in sociology. There are some women or men who are very comfortable with self-disclosure. There are others that you could literally be friends for 30 years and find out some piece of information that someone else would have told you within 10 minutes of meeting. But that doesn't mean they're not your friend. That's just your approach. Well, and and that is is so, so true. I mean, I I have always been incredibly transparent and, and so much so that that I've had uh, close and very dear friends who have said to me, you know, maybe you ought to be a little bit more circumspect and and uh, you know not not wear everything so so on your sleeve. And but I have found that uh, by sharing things like you know having gone through bankruptcy or you know what, whatever the thing is, that someone will hear that and be encouraged that you know there's life after these things that you actually can exactly. come out on the other side exactly. and that if they never knew that I had been through it then they would feel shame in in sharing anything about uh you know any kind of financial difficulty and you know I have found particularly on, on that particular topic because I had a, a very spectacular financial failure right before our country's economic decline. So the economic impact on my family was extended <laughs> because we couldn't just bounce back from our business failure. And you know, and and so we've had to deal with with going through bankruptcy court and now looking at at foreclosure and all of those things that are unfortunately so commonplace but if you don't open up and talk about those things um you know uh, others can't come to you as a resource so uh i i have have seen many many people who will hold all of that so incredibly close to the chest 
and uh, and, and that's not wrong for them. I mean, we're we're all made very very differently, but right. uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I just your your observations are all just so right on, and I mean, I wish oh, we could talk you. about all of them because. Um, and, you know, and this you whole. Raised, well, well, what I was going to say is that one of, one of the themes in, in friendships and when friendship hurts, which when uh, friendships has been translated into eight or nine languages, uh, when friendship hurts has been translated into 29 languages. So uh, the reason I'm sharing that, not to brag, but as, a, as an example of how universal these issues are. Right. But what. Um, but what I point out to people is that a closer best friend is someone with whom you can share anything, but, and this is the very important but, you decide if you want to. Yes. You decide if you should, whether it's uh, a self-disclosure or, as I said, a brag. I remember years ago my husband, I was going on a business trip to Japan and I was able to, uh, the whole family was going to come. Of course, I was paying for them. But I I shared with a, a casual friend uh, that we were going to Japan and I didn't know that she had never been out of the country and she just, you know, said in an email, but I could hear her saying it in my head as if she blurted it out, um, I'm so jealous of you. Now, I actually was quite happy that she was blunt about it because at least it's out there. So I was very comforting and said, you know, someday you will, you know, get on that your, a trip like that yourself, you know, and I wasn't defensive. But the part of it that's hard on friendship is when people don't say it so clearly and they do what, you know, everyone knows. It's a psychological term, but people are aware of what it is, a more passive-aggressive kind of cattiness or, you know, trying to um, uh, circumvent your efforts. So you have to be careful. You know, in hindsight, uh, I probably, if I had, and that's another important part of being a good friend, and I wasn't as good a friend as I should have been, I should have known that she had never been out of the country and this was one of her kind of, um, you know, touchy points and shared about the trip with someone who was a lot more comfortable about that. So, so, you know, there are so many books out there which is interesting on friendship. When I started researching back in the 80s, it was the topic that was not really looked at it was much there was much more research and attention on parent child relationships and romantic relationships whether it was dating or marriage but now and i think a big reason for it is with the age changes uh with the uh advancement of life to you know 80s and 90s so many more people are living even if they had a happy marriage, past their spouses, and with the increase in divorce, uh, that for many people, friendship may be the only non-familial, close French, uh, relationship available to them. So they, right. they want to try to figure this out, even if they thought they figured it out, but now they better figure it out again. 
Right. Well, you know, it's interesting that you raise that point. I was with a friend, uh, well, a friend and business colleague, and she's also one of the board members of the Executive Girlfriends Group. Uh, we were down at a client's location uh, two weeks ago, and, and she had a couple of horrific things happen in her life, you know, just back-to-back uh, in, in the course of the – we were only there three days, and the first day she had her neighbor's um, – teen son was found dead in his bed and the next day her husband was in just a horrible accident but he wasn't hurt Uh, and she came down um, you know we were meeting for breakfast in in the hotel and I was getting ready to fill my plate with eggs and she said put that down and come over here and I walked over to the table and she just put her arms around me and she said "I, I just have to hug you and and then the next day was when I found out that my mother-in-law uh, had gone back in the hospital, and a few days later we found out that she uh, had stage four cancer. And and um, so we have had multiple discussions since then. She runs a group um, of bloggers called Boombox Network, which is for uh, boomer bloggers. Uh, say that three times fast. But the interesting thing is she is one of my friends, and I've got many friends uh, of my same age in the mid-50s who, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they have not had children. And so I've been going through this whole thing of taking care of my mother-in-law, who happens to live across the street. But I said, okay, so what are you doing to make sure, you know, who's going to take care of you? And right. so this issue of aging and friendship, you know, do you have friends um, or right. is, is there someone, you know, who who has kids that would, you know, kind sure. of adopt you? <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I was in Hawaii and I did a talk on friendships uh, at a bookstore, um, someone in the audience told me that um, she had very big choice to make because she told her boss that she had to take a few weeks off because her her close friend from childhood who didn't have any uh, family members to take care of her was dying and she had promised to be there for her. And the interesting thing is that sadly um the uh, her boss didn't understand because it was a friend. He he felt like he would have understood if it was a family member. Right. So she made the choice to to give up the job and be there for her friend and then get a new job afterwards. But um I think that we I think 911 uh has helped people to become a lot more sensitive to the impact of friendship loss and and doing exactly what you said those who didn't have children who don't have families who you know also don't have siblings. So that's a very, very important thing to remember. But going back to the very first trend that um, that I do talk about in my new introduction for the ebook and the audiobook of friendships, and also one of the biggest issues, and in my book, 365 Daily Affirmations for Friendship, I talk about it a lot in that book, and that's available in both um, ebook and print. That's a recent book. But the the Facebook phenomenon, I mean, you said something so important, Chicky, that your friend said that I just have to hug you. Right. You can't hug an email. Right. You can't hug a Facebook post. And that's one of my mantras lately, to really tell people, yes, Facebook, yes, Twitter, yes, LinkedIn is a great way to reconnect. But we need to all continue to spend
spend the time and money and resources to connect one-on-one. And that's why I feel so frustrated going back to executive uh, friendship and executive uh, relationships. It is an absolute untruth that these conferences are a complete waste of time and money and a frivolous thing. Uh, I'm not talking about something that's outrageous, you know, but, but your normal kind of conference. This is where people do that hugging, do that one-on-one, do that connecting. It's the little stuff that you share when you meet in between breakfast and the next presentation about how is your life going. And, you know, it's, it's so important that people remember to keep doing that because electronics, uh, you know, has just made it, sadly, for better or worse, easy to connect and keep up with the superficial stuff, but that that one-on-one uh, connecting is, is still so paramount. And I loved what your friend said. I just I just have to hug you. It's, it's just... Right, right. And, and you know, sometimes when, when a friend does call you with bad news or or continued bad news, as as often happens when, when you're helping through someone through something that is not solved overnight, is, you know, sometimes all you can say on the phone is big hug because, you know, there, there, there just isn't anything that embodies what a hug can have. Uh, I want to sure. come back to a couple of the other topics um, in, uh, you know, just in the last few minutes that we have here because I, I think you've, You've touched on two things, uh, and you've mentioned them briefly as we were talking. One is the health benefits of friendship. Can you give us a little bit of uh, a snippet of your research about that? Oh, sure. Well, in my case, it's it's more anecdotal, but Harvard and uh, several other major university centers have done uh, more – quantitative research, and and they found, uh, including a study back into the 70s in uh, San Francisco in Northern California, that found that um, having just one friend could extend your life as as much as 10 years. And people are recovering from cancer, they're recovering from heart attack, much more likely if there's friendship, if there's connections, because Even if you have family today, so many people are spread out all over the place and you need someone that is there for you. So so that's very, very important. Um, So uh, connecting, uh, the health benefits, it's, it's everything from having your immune system in better shape and warding off disease because you have one or more friends. Uh, so the once again, going back to the theme that um, friendship is not a luxury that we used to think, um, and you said, you know, haven't yet finished work, let's do more. You know, um, people used to feel that way about friendship. I'll get to my friends after the job, after the family. Right. And what we've learned through this research is that, and it's not just physical health, it's mental health. When my mom passed away at the age of 90 in January, uh, 
each one of my friends who managed to get to the memorial service, it was just such a celebration of not just my mother, but our friendship. And and I I took that with me through the grieving process because it was my second parent to to be lost. So I wasn't going to have any parents anymore, and who would be there for me? I am lucky enough to have a wonderful husband, two wonderful sons, a grandson, one sibling. But there's that feeling of, you know, such a huge loss, and friends can, can make us feel loved emotionally, and that has its benefits physically. Right, right. Well, Jan, it has been so great to reconnect. And, uh, you know, again, this book has so much meat uh, about a topic that should be near and dear to our hearts because friends and and this particular group, the Executive Girlfriends Group, I know they all appreciate uh, the value of friendship. Thank you. And let me but but if you, if you are carrying around toxic friendships or you are letting people bully you in your life using friendship as a uh, a guise to be able to do that, I highly uh, encourage downloading the Kindle edition of Friendships. And uh, as uh, Jan mentioned, she's also got an audio book coming out. Jan, if people would like to read more about you and learn more about uh, uh, just about all of the different books that you have, and I think you you may have a blog as well, can you tell them the best way to reach you? Oh, sure. Yes, my main website is drjanyeager.com, and Yeager is spelled com. I also have a separate site whenfriendshiphurts.com, and either of those sites are a great way to learn more about uh, what I've written. You can also go to any of the uh, online retailers, Amazon.com, the independent bookstore, Powell's.com, and just plug my name, Jan Yeager. In fact, if people want to plug my name into YouTube, janyeager.com, up will pop excerpts from my interviews about friendship on um, with Oprah on um, the Oprah show, with Katie Couric on the Today Show. Oh, terrific. So, and with um, Good Morning America, as well as a short little one-and-a-half-minute video of my author tour of um, Australia and New Zealand about friendship and When Friendship Hurts back in 2008. Oh, great, so great. And uh, I know Jan won't won't uh, tout this herself, but she is also a speaker and a consultant. And so if you would like to know more about her services, again, uh, http dr. I'm sorry, not the word spelled out, dr. J-A-N-Y-A-G-E-R.com, drjanyeager.com. Jan, it has been terrific, and I am so happy that we were able to uh, get back together again. Uh, Thank and you, I and just I will find... be in Tampa mm-hmm. in um, July, and uh, we're hoping to be able to give each other a hug uh, when I'm in oh, Tampa. Oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Uh, we will uh, connect uh before your trip, and I will definitely make time for that.
terrific. Thanks so much, Chicky. A great, great interview and uh, great to reconnect, and I look forward to... Uh, All right, terrific. Thanks so much, and have a great weekend. Thanks. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.